So we are one day removed from the Dallas Cowboys playoff loss to the Green Bay Packers and players are taking a strong stance on Mike McCarthy. Tonight we'll talk about the case for and the case against the Cowboys head coach, at least for now, and shots fired at Dak Prescott by an anonymous teammate. Yep, we'll get to it. Here we go. Let's go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Monday night. It is, you know, it is a, a solid night to talk some Cowboys football. Obviously, the day after the Cowboys were eliminated from the postseason in an embarrassing loss to the Green Bay Packers. And now we are dealing with the aftermath. Uh, tonight would be an interesting, would have been an interesting night of kind of getting to know uh who would face the, the San Francisco 49ers while the Cowboys prepared to host the Detroit Lions. However, none of that is true because uh, it is true because the Cowboys are actually headed home. In fact, they are already home because they've been uh, apparently dismissed by Dallas already. And we are in waiting mode for Jerry Jones's decision on Mike McCarthy. And tonight there was an interesting report from NFL Network insider Jane Slater, who had some relevant notes on Twitter. And Slater is a trustworthy reporter. You know, she, she's done a, a fantastic job over the years covering the Cowboys and the NFL. And according to a report from her uh, talking to several Cowboys players, it looks like players are taking a stance on Mike McCarthy and it's supporting the Cowboys head coach. And I quote from Jane Slater's thread on Twitter earlier today, uh, really interesting hearing them defend him, his culture, and how he's led them on the field and off of it. The ownership of failing Mike is what stands out the most. And then Jane Slater added that some things that the Cowboys players liked about Mike was, you know, nuggets like wanting players on Saturday practices to bring their families so he can meet them and interact. Meeting breaks to text a loved one and say thank you for their support. Preservation of their bodies with rest days. And McCarthy, and this is me adding it, uh, McCarthy has always been very big on tracking exhaustion and all that and, and giving the players more breaks than I think we were used to from Jason Garrett's regime, for example. And another thing on James Slater's Twitter thread is his love of players like none I've had before. And she had this quote from an anonymous player too. In order to be a great leader, you have to be a great man yourself. And Mike puts it all out there for everyone uh, to be successful. Now, sure, sure. Uh, there are other quotes that we we might get to. Not, not exactly quotes, uh, but we're going to get to something that Jane claimed a Cowboys player is saying about Dak Prescott, which is a direct shot at the quarterback, which was, uh, surprising, but she also said that another player, you know, among other things, and we'll get to the Dak thing, uh, another player was frustrated with a stubbornness to stick to schemes 
on both sides of the ball. Um, so there is that. There is that. I just wanted to start off with what was said according to Jane Slater because I thought it really shed some light into the whole situation in which we are right now, which is not exactly knowing what tomorrow looks like for the Cowboys or maybe two days from now. Because right now, uh, we are over 24 hours removed from the loss. And although I would still lay my money on Mike McCarthy being fired, there is also no doubt that the Cowboys could decide to stick with him. You know, it is a decision that is yet to be made, and it is a difficult one. So what I wanted to do tonight was break down basically the case for sticking with Mike McCarthy and the case against sticking Uh, with the Cowboys head of coach. So we're going to do that today. Uh, and I'll start it off by asking you, if you're watching on Twitter, on YouTube, are you for or against staying with Mike McCarthy through another year, his final year in his contract for Jerry Jones? And remember, the last two times that Jason Garrett entered a contract year, uh, Jerry Jones had him coach through the contract. So didn't fire him uh, mid-contract after the 2022, after the 20, excuse me, 2019 season. Uh, he just let the contract expire and Jason Garrett was not brought back. Now, 2019 was definitely a disappointing and underwhelming season, but the previous time that Jason Garrett had entered a contract year as the Cowboys head coach, The Cowboys actually had a very successful season, went 12-4. and four. Uh, So there's, there's uh, a little bit of interesting context to Mike's status right now with Dallas where you know that Jerry has had a coach's coach through the contract, but right now he could be looking at potentially not having that happen. Uh, so let's see. Are you for or against? Are you for or against? Uh, sticking with Mike McCarthy. Let me know in the chat what is your answer to that question. Gregory says against. S-O-Y says get him out of here ASAP. So there is some urgency here. Uh, Bruce says I like McCarthy and wanted him to stay, but tidying it up and coaching scared is a bad look. Uh, Gregory says how about Nick Saban? I, I, hey, if Nick Saban is done coaching in Alabama, I can tell you he's done coaching. Just He's, he's not doing it anymore, right? He's tired, not coming back. Uh, maybe it was the NIL thing that really sped up the process of his retirement over in college football, uh, but he's not coming to the NFL. He's done. I don't know if he will go back to coaching at some point, but I really don't see that happening at all. Uh, Double R says, keep big Mike. Bobby says, sticking with Mike McCarthy tells me this franchise isn't serious. Uh, Catherine says, against, we need a... Better play caller. If he stays, have someone other uh, than he than him calling the plays, which would be probably my least preferred scenario, right? It, it, that's that's just me. Solid Dog says against. It's tough though, and that is exactly why I wanted to touch on this topic because it, it it isn't that easy, and I understand why uh, some people are arguing for Mike McCarthy to stay. So tonight, we'll try to understand both points of view because you know I like to do that here on Primetime because if you just have one point of view and you try to argue for that point of view alone, 
then you kind of fall on, 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 under this trap where your bias doesn't let you see the good things of the other side of the coin, and that's what we'll try to do tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll just finish this thought, though. The scenario that I would prefer the least is having McCarthy stay and have another play caller. Because if that's what's going to happen, then the play caller is going to be even less empowered to take those type of shots. And I think the offense is just going to be way more conservative. And I think that one of the biggest reasons why you would stick with McCarthy is, spoiler alert, actually the way that he called plays throughout the regular season. Not in the playoffs, though, but throughout the regular season. So I'm not sure how to feel about that one. But how about this? How about we start with the against? How about we start with the against case for Mike McCarthy? The case to get him out of Dallas despite three consecutive seasons with 12 wins, which is just crazy. How crazy? Let me hit you with this number. It is the first time in NFL history that a team has back-to-back-to-back 12-win seasons and no Super Bowl appearance to show for it. First time in NFL history. Never had it happened, which really speaks volumes about how unique of a situation Dallas is in. This is not the same Jason Garrett situation from 2019. This is a whole different ballgame. This is a Cowboys team that is having success in the regular season to a degree to which they are the second team with the most wins in the last three seasons. So going back to 2021 with 36 of them. The only team to have won more regular season games have been the Kansas City Chiefs with 37. Just, just the one more. But but nothing to show for it in the playoffs. Nothing but a win in the wildcard round against the losing record division champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, basically. That's what's uh, the situation for Dallas, which is why we have this... Uh, conversation right now so the reason uh, against uh staying with mike mccarthy is exactly that just nothing to show in the playoffs and i understand that he didn't call the place for the 2021 playoffs or the 2022 playoffs but also understand one of the biggest reasons why you did lose in the game that he did call the plays in was his play calling specifically and this is maybe the biggest reason why I would argue for Mike McCarthy's firing is, you know, and I realize that the for and against thing that I just did uh, might be a little mixed up, but I'm arguing right now for firing him. So that's what we're doing now. Uh, so basically against Mike McCarthy, for firing Mike McCarthy. And one of the biggest reasons is just the scared Mike version of Mike McCarthy. Man, we got that version of McCarthy so many times this this season. And it's just so difficult to understand. Why would you go away and deviate from what worked for you the most this season? Why? And the scared version of Mike McCarthy, the worst thing of it is that it, the worst part of it is that it showed up in late late in the regular season it showed up in Miami for example and it showed up in Buffalo too where the play calling changed where the Cowboys were not using more motion the Cowboys were not 
doing a whole lot of uh, feeding for C.D. Lamb. You know, the Miami game, they, they spent the entire second quarter without looking his way, even though he had over 100 yards in the first quarter alone. They stopped using motion. They stopped being pass happy as soon as rain started coming down in that game. And the same for Buffalo when the snow was a factor. And the game got away for very different reasons, too, on the defensive side of the ball. But we're talking about, you know, Mike's play calling specifically right now. And you had those two games late in the season for McCarthy to maybe realize, wait, I should go back to what I've been doing since the bye week. I should go back to feeding C.D. Lamb and putting the ball in the hands of Dak Prescott in first and second down in order to avoid third and long situations altogether, which is not what happened versus the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys insisted on running the football on second down, and it was that same version of scared Mike that has really basically taken the Cowboys out of the playoffs, partly. I know there were a lot of other issues that we are going to get to tonight or throughout the week uh, later on. However, I just look at this as the biggest reason why I would move on from Mike. Because even after everything that we saw that worked in the regular season, when push comes to shove, it does seem like McCarthy's going to, you know, go back to his old school mentality, to what he knows best maybe and what his offense was supposed to look like this season. And he wanted to lean on that instead of what was working throughout the season when, when we saw the high-powered version of the 2023 Dallas Cowboys. So if a second-team All-Pro season from Dak Prescott and a season that will put him on the second place of the MVP ballots, probably, and going to put CeeDee Lamb probably third place in Offensive Player of the Year conversations and all that, if that didn't, didn't deter Mike McCarthy from going back to his conservative offense, I'm not sure what will next year. You can have the same sort of success that you did from the bye week to late in the year, offensively speaking, and I will I will have no faith in Dallas staying that aggressive as soon as postseason football comes around. I just won't. Because we saw what Mike did against the Packers, and they weren't even a scary defense. They weren't supposed to be a scary defense at the very least. And statistically and on video, you could see the weaknesses all throughout the week. So that's part of it. That's part of it. Now, shout out to Jason Martinez, who says, do you hear this kid and his freaking excuses? My guy, Jason, just has the volume down to zero. He's not listening to the show because we have made no excuses right now. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the part where we will defend uh, Mike McCarthy, because that's the exercise uh, we're doing. But shout out to Jason, at least he's driving the engagement. And I appreciate it, uh, even though he's not listening at all. And speaking of this offense side of things and these offensive concerns for Dallas, I think it doesn't help Mike McCarthy's case that this was what the offense was supposed to look like early in the year. You know, this was supposed to be the offense. This was supposed to. This was the Texas coast. What we saw on, on Sunday was mostly, you know, that Texas coast. No pre-snap motion, no motion at the snap, none of that. And credit, credit where credit is due, you know, Mike adapted 
at the bye week and, and he changed things up in a big, big way. But it also, I think, speaks volumes about his mindset and his offensive philosophy that this was the offense that he wanted to play. This was what he wanted to be in 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 general. In in the ideally, he would have played a Texas Coast offense from week one through the playoffs and attempted to make a Super Bowl run at it with that offense. He was just forced to change it up after the San Francisco game. And although he deserves credit for adapting to it, to the situation, he also maybe deserves some blame as to that was plan A. That was your plan for the 2023 season, running that conservative offense that would have gotten the Cowboys nowhere. And then you reverted back to it in the playoffs, and indeed, it got you nowhere, right? So I think that's one of the biggest uh, arguments against Mike McCarthy. And then at some point, you got to bring up the discipline, right? Three years in a row, the Cowboys have been one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. And sure, you can talk about officiating, playing into that and all that, uh, but I just can't think of way too many examples on worthy calls, on pre-snap calls that are absolutely mental mistakes. And I can bring those up right now. And yeah, I will just say McCarthy does not get away from the NFL, from, from the penalties argument, just because you want to bring up NFL officiating being biased against Dallas, which I truly don't believe to be the case, uh, even though the Micah Parsons thing was a bias against Micah himself, in my opinion, uh, just because he's such a, a good player. And even though other top edge rushers don't get it to the degree to which Micah was getting it, uh, they do get it too. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett draws should draw more holding penalties than, than he does. And the same for many of these uh, stud pass rushers in the NFL. So yeah, I would put I would put that flag there. Man, did Tampa stop the tush push? Did Tampa stop the tush push? That is awesome. <laughs> hey man, whatever whatever heals the heart. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the Buccaneers keep at it, and, and maybe that's gonna be uh, a little bit of a healing healing situation for for Cowboys Nation, I guess. And then the last argument that I would give against McCarthy and for firing McCarthy is the following one. He's not a part of the Kyle Shanahan coaching three. <laughs> and yep, that sounds like that sounds like a very specific argument and maybe an unfair one, I'll admit. But also I I can't help looking at the rest of the NFL and being like, yeah, the Kyle Shanahan three has success. They just do. They just do have success. And the Cowboys have actually lost to Kyle Shanahan coaching three teams for a lot of years now. 2018, 2019, we talked about it recently. You lost to Sean McVay in the playoffs. Then you lost to Kyle Shanahan back-to-back. And now to Matt LaFleur, who is from that coaching three. So that's just something to think about as well. And now we'll move on. I'll read some of your comments, and we'll talk about the reason why you would keep him around. which we already touched on a little bit, but we'll go through some of these arguments uh, as well. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> people are celebrating the tush push top right there. Uh, Bruce says Dan Quinn thinks he's a damn mad scientist playing everyone out of their drafted position. And yeah, I mean, he is. He, he really gambled on the hybrid defense stuff. And 
if you look at the three years that he was in Dallas, you can say that it worked statistically speaking, but run defense was always a vulnerability. Uh, you had the whole Massey Smith thing where they dropped him in weight and played him at three technique. You had Marquise Bell playing at linebacker and having him, you know, on these under center looks from the Packers first and 10. And Marquise Bell is a responsible guy for the A-gap to the strong side too. Like what? How How is the A-gap on Marquise Bell? On the undersized linebacker, Marquise Bell. Why would the A-gap be on him? You know, like that, that sort of stuff in first and 10 when the Packers are just gashing you in the wrong game again and again and again. Uh, TC915 says, forget the Texas Coast offense. McCarthy can take it with them. Uh, Mark Aaron takes a shot at Solari. He says, uh, never should have let... Oh, no. Uh, well, not, not exactly a shot at Solari, but never should have let the offensive line coach go, in my opinion. I'll tell you this, man. The run, the run blocking was awful this season. It really was awful. You, you look at that tape. You look at those games. And I haven't watched the old 22 tape for this game. I have watched it. Uh, in the, I've, I've watched the replay from the TV broadcast twice. Uh, not because I am a, a masochist and like hurting myself, but because I feel like you just got to run through it until Dak Prescott's pick six. And when that scoreboard hits 27 nothing, there's nothing to evaluate in that game, if we are being real. You just got to evaluate a little bit over a quarter, or, or, almost a half a football is what you got to look at uh, if you're trying to evaluate this game. Because whatever happens after the 27 nothing, man, that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. If you're being real about the game plan, if you're being real about all that, that stops mattering after the 27 nothing. Uh, the real Daryl says offensive line and defensive tackle size, running back and safety have to be addressed in their draft and free agency. You know what? It's going to sound painfully, you know, it's going to sound painfully honest, but I'll say this, Daryl. Offensive line, defensive tackle, running back, safety, you can add a cornerback to that. You can add wide receiver to that. You can add, uh, man, you can add every position, honestly, to that to that combo. Linebackers, you can, you can add everything. Except for tight end, maybe. <laughs> except for tight end, I know. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys, man, they're going to be one of those teams that even with 12 wins under, under 2023 record, they have a lot of nits, a lot of them especially with their upcoming free agency and all that. But anyways, uh, let's get to the other side of the coin, though, very quickly here. And the reason against firing Mike McCarthy is pretty simple. You know, it, it really is pretty simple. We've already gone through it. 36 wins in three years, it's, it's just not easily done. If you're moving on from McCarthy, you got to move on for somebody that can take the next step. And the problem with that is that you would likely be banking on one of the, I'm going to call them, you know, the great birds here. You would be banking on Mike Ravel, Bill Belichick, or Jim Harbaugh. That's what it feels like to me, at least. I would be very surprised if Dallas ends up like, say, say that they fire Mike McCarthy. I would be very surprised if the names that they're looking at are Ben Johnson, are uh, Mike McDonald, are Bobby Slowick, which are names that I would love. That are those are names that I would love to see in this team, 
But I just think that if they do move on from McCarthy, they likely would do it uh, for one of those established old school coaches. And they don't have that uh they don't have that recent postseason playoff success. Harbo is different, you know, because he, he just wasn't in the NFL. Uh, but talking about Brable and Melichick at least, they don't have anything recent that he can point to and be like, oh yeah, he's guaranteed to take the Cowboys, forget about the Super Bowl to the NFC championship game. Like the 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 trade-off of risk and potential benefit of moving on from somebody that's given you back to back to back 12 win seasons to have like that extra win in the playoffs. That's a big swing to take for so little benefit. You know what I'm saying? And it sounds defeatist, maybe, but I just think it's the true right now in the NFL. That's a swing that the Cowboys would be taking. I'm not saying they shouldn't take it, but if they do take it, I would love for it to be on a young player that can actually have like that uh, game day edge for your team. And Belichick maybe in a way brings it to you, defensively speaking. I'm not sure he brings it to you offensively speaking. I'm not sure the staff that he would have put together would have like this innovating, offensive-minded coach on the team. Uh, I'm not sure how I would feel about like him bringing Josh McDaniels, for example, to Dallas. Like That would be, yeah, these two guys had success at some point, but then again, are they the guys that will give you that game they edged with the project that you have going on in Dallas? Or was it just successful back in the Tom Brady days for New England because they were just a heck of a franchise by then? You know, uh, it's it's tough to argue against Belichick. Like, you know, he's the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion. But I'm just thinking, is he going to evolve? Because I also think he's the coach that took Matt, Matt Patricia to coach offensive football for Mac Jones. And he's a terrible team builder from what we've seen over the last few years. His coaching staffs, uh, staffs have not evolved recently. And I just wonder, you know, 72 years old, is that the direction you want to take uh, as a Dallas Cowboys? So all I'm saying is, you know, big swing, big swing for very little potential benefit. And I know, you know, you're chasing the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. But are you likelier to take a step back overall and maybe win less games in the fewer games in the regular season? Then are you likely, is that more likely than going all the way with a new coach? Honestly, I would say, yeah, maybe it is more likely. Uh, I would like it if they bring somebody young, though, somebody with a different view and all that of the game. So we'll see. Uh, Jim Harbaugh says Vietnamese style. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is great, but he has better options to win a chip. He can rebuild Seattle, says uh, Vietnamese style here. And that's another thing, you know, uh, we we like to think that the Cowboys are the ultimate coaching job and they might be in a way, you know, you know what I'm saying? They might be in a way and I'm talking about money, but also in a lot of other ways, they might not be the best job in the NFL. Gregory says Cowboys should grab uh, T Higgins in free agency in the offseason and draft Jeremiah Trotter Jr. with our first round draft pick. You know, I'm a fan of T. Higgins, so I'm all for that. Let's let's do it. Uh, Stephen Mack says, we have y'all. Basically, y'all should get Jimmy Johnson, and Jerry Jones needs to humble down, step back, and let him handle it all. 
And Stevie Mac says, we have enough of a culture problem as it is. Don't need McDaniels to add to it. And that's kind of like the thing. I have very little faith that if they do move on from McCarthy, that they will take a swing on one of these young coaches. I think they will just target one of the old ones. And if they do target one of the old ones, honestly, I, I'm I'm in, on the Harbo train more than I am on the Vrabel and the Belichick train at this point. Uh, I think those are the arguments for and against Mike McCarthy. I honestly don't know how to feel right now. Uh, right after the game, I really thought, you know, Mike had one foot out of the door. Uh, but with all these reports from James later about players uh, having his back, I don't know. We might be wrong. McCarthy might be back for another year. I really don't know what Jerry Jones is thinking. I feel like the coin is in the air, though, and it's 50-50. And I just hope that we know soon enough. I don't know if we will know tomorrow. We will know uh, the day after tomorrow. It's it's weird. Uh, what we do know, though, is that the Cowboys are supposedly in this process of having, like, the exit meetings and everything. And uh, then later on, making a decision. I think that basically how how James Slater explained it is that McCarthy had a coaches meeting today, then players coach uh, players meeting. And then basically they dismissed the team from what I understand. And James Slater said one source, when I inquired about where this decision on Mike McCarthy could go this week, I have no idea was the response, but I'd imagine all imaginable options will be discussed and wouldn't rule out everything. So does seem like it might take a while uh a little bit more than we would have ex we would have expected but also you know the clock is ticking interviews are taking place and if you want to get something done uh then you want to be as efficient as you can in firing mike mccarthy now with all that being said we can move on from the mccarthy conversation all right we can move on from that and just let's talk about the other part of jane's tweet which was a shot at Dak Prescott. And boy, I I hate to see it. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That felt like some Eagles, A.J. Brown drama. Obviously, it's a little bit different. But when we started hearing all that buzz about uh, Eagles players not being happy with Nick Sirianni or not being happy with Jalen Hurts, we let's, let's keep it real. We made so much fun of the Eagles. And now... The Cowboys have a, a different situation on their hands because it's after the season, but also you just hate hearing this. And this is the actual quote from James Slater. Uh, she tweeted out that another player was frustrated with his stubbornness to stick to schemes on both sides of the ball. Uh, motion offense is killing defenses and concern that Dak, Dak Prescott panics when first read is not there. Ugh. Hate to hear that. That's one of the things that I hate to see after a playoff loss like that. And it's ironic that that's how James Slater had to close out a thread of tweets where she's talking about players basically supporting Mike's culture only for one guy to turn around and slander his QB right after that, right? So that obviously is not great. Uh, by the way, if you are thinking that was 88, because a lot of people said that on Twitter. That has to be Lamb. That has to be CD. That has to be 88. Uh, James Slater did reveal it was, in fact, not 
uh, C.D. Lamb. It was another player. Who knows who? Uh, it's a bad take. Let's just say that. Listen, we're going to have the conversation about Dak Prescott pretty soon here on the show. We're going to have that show uh, coming up this week. An honest Dak Prescott conversation and where the Cowboys stand with Dak. We're going to do all that. But if the player had go, go, uh, you know, gone out there and said, Dak sucks in the playoffs and that concerns me. All right, you know what? Screw it. That's fine. Because that's what we've seen so far from, from Dak Prescott. Uh, it's unfortunate. It sucks. We can talk about so many other stuff going wrong for Dallas. Uh, but Dak stunk it up against Green Bay. And the benefit of the doubt that was there for the San Francisco 49ers games where you could point towards San Francisco just being a juggernaut. Uh, you cannot do that when you went up against a Green Bay Packers defense. You know, the pick six, which basically ended the game at 27 nothing. Sure, the coverage was disguised, but it wasn't anything fancy. It was just a too-high shell showing cover two and a safety going down like as soon as the ball was snapped to basically play that middle zone. And he stood right where this land was going to go to, to see the lamp. So sure, it was disguised, but I also think Dak had to see that 10 times out of 10. It was a terrible moment for, for Dak Prescott. And then there was the pick inside the Cowboys' own 20-yard line. So if, if the player had gone out there and said, Dak sucks in the playoffs, you know what? I, I get it. But to say that Dak panics when the first read is not there is just not accurate. It really is not. Uh, I think John Owning actually tweeted out that Dak had the second highest pro football focus grade past the first read. And, it, it you know, the tape backs it up uh, for a long, a long time. Dak has been known as a quarterback who has a very solid and very good reading process of defenses. And he can work, work uh, full field concepts. He can go left through right. The other way around, you can do all that. Uh, so I actually think that's one of his strengths, at least if you're talking about the regular season, right? I don't think that argument is going to hold up in court. However, I just don't love hearing about uh, an anonymous Cowboys player taking a shot at the quarterback. I just can't. I don't like that at all. I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't think we had seen that in all of Mike's regime in Dallas, too. You might have had, like, the, the C.D. Lamb public comments about wanting the ball a little bit more and all that. Sure, but this is different, right? This is a, a player taking a shot at Dak, and some people might be like, you know, we're overblowing it, but also that's out there, and we had never seen that, maybe. Uh, not in the Mike McCarthy regime. Other than Mike Nolan. Uh, players roasted Mike Nolan so hard when, when that was going on. TC915 says Dak was bad yesterday. He really was. Uh, I'll say I'll say that, man. He really was very bad last night. And it's one of those things where you're like the criticisms about him playing in the playoffs right now, they're fair, man. They are fair. And we'll get to what that means for his future in Dallas later in the week, maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure. But those criticisms right now are pretty damn fair, if we're being honest. Now, Kenneth says, our offensive line is not good. They're horrible in the run game. You know what? 
I, I'm glad that you ended it with the run game part, Kenneth, because I agree with you. But one of the things that I noticed and that I took away from last night's game, watching the replay, and again, I do got to watch uh, the old 22 today. Probably will do so tomorrow because uh, I didn't get it today. But pass blocking was much better than I thought upon further review. Much better than I thought. I don't have an issue, in fact, with the pass blocking. I think when watching that game more carefully, I was more disappointed in Dak's game in the sense that I think he was rushing so much inside the pocket. I'll say this, and I do got to watch the old 22 for this take to be confirmed, but just one play that I'm watching out for, I'm sharing it with you. The first third down after the Cowboys do the run-run sequence and then Dak takes off running and scrambling and, and moving the chains. Sure, great play moving the chains, but it's also one of them where I think that Dak is jittery way too early without being pressured. The CD lamp miss over the middle of the field. I don't know what's going on with Dak's base on that one. He's just like, he's floating, and I'm not sure he was that pressured at that moment. There's a rusher freeing up over the middle, but he's not there yet. I think he's rushed, but I got to see the old 22. I understand all that. Uh, all I'm saying, pass blocking was much better than I thought it was. And I think a lot of the pressures and plays that were broken down were honestly more often than not on Dak's uh, work inside the pocket than it was on somebody else. And that's not exonerating, though, Mike McCarthy for the game plan, which I think was not good. I think the play calling was conservative. I think they just didn't make life easier on him. And this is something that I said on my show in Spanish over on Primero Cowboys, and I'll say it here too. If there is one thing that Dak haters and Dak supporters can agree on is that, you know, even though even if Dak is the guy and haters can say because Dak is not the guy, the Cowboys should have tried to make life easier on Dak and do the motion things, do the first down passing things, do all that for Dak not to have played hero ball on third down. Let's see here. Uh, the upside is we can fix things, is Kenneth. Yeah. Yep, I guess. Uh, TC says, I said all, all year through the good and the bad that I was going to judge uh, for on his playoff performance. And, well, the verdict is in. He is not that guy, says TC915. Troy says, Mike McCarthy and Quinn both got out coached in a playoff game. What's the upside with keeping either coach? And that's well said. They were absolutely outcoached. Absolutely. Oh, boy. Bill Belichick update coming through. All right. Not that big of an update. Don't worry. Uh, Tom Pellicero just reported that uh, legendary coach Bill Belichick and Falcons owner Arthur Blank met in person recently to discuss Atlanta's head coaching job. No deal is imminent, but there is mutual interest and conversations are ongoing. So there's that. There is that which I think is relevant to our whole conversation right now. Uh, Atlanta was right away labeled as the, the likeliest job, I think, for Bill Belichick. Like right from the get-go, everyone was speculating about uh, the Falcons' interesting Bill. And it makes a lot of sense. They do have some dogs on defense to build around, so that would make sense. Uh, so just saying, man, sharing that update with you, I guess. Sharing that update with you. Uh, one last thought before I leave you, though. 
one last thought before I leave you. We're going to get to some more notes that I have about this game that I want to basically compare to the old 22 and come up with better or, or more firm conclusions, I guess, that we're going to go through all those tomorrow. However, I did want to point out some context on the seeming disconnect between Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb during the game. If you watched it, you know that they were not happy. And that was right from the start. First quarter, and CeeDee Lamb was already visually upset, whether it was at the game plan, whether it was at Dak's throws or whatever. He was upset. And when you go watch and uh, that game again, you'll notice it was earlier than you remember that it was. Dak, uh, City was upset right away. And one, even though I defended last night the fact that, you know, CD is right to want to be fed, I'm not defending that sort of attitude in a game like this when in the first quarter you are having that body language with the team. And I don't want to say quitting on the game, but definitely not firing up your team, definitely not being there to lift your QB when he's struggling. CD's uh, attitude in this game was a problem. And, and the thing that upsets me about it is that, boy, it's not the first time this happens. Uh, I think there's been other games where you can see CD not being as interested in the game. And that sucks. Uh, <laughs> I think you can see it. Do you remember back in week three when we were on him for basically quitting on the play, calling for a flag? That sort of stuff, man. That sort of stuff. It's not the first time that uh, that that we've seen some of that. So he's got to grow up, and he's got to grow up quickly in that sense specifically. He's grown up as a receiver. Grown up as a receiver, one of the best in the NFL. Cannot take that mindset to a playoff game. Just can't. Not in the first quarter, man. Because that brings down the team. That I, I Listen. I'm all for analytics. I'm all for numbers. I'm all for that. You know, we, we do a lot of those here on the show. But if you've competed, if you've done anything teamwork-wise in your life, you know that guy that is always with that attitude, that brings down the team 100%, especially when he's supposed to be uh, when he's supposed to be that guy that lifts you up. Now, just to be clear, because I see Cam's comment here. Cam says, CD was straight. It was wax throwing. And listen, as I said, Dak was awful on Sunday. And as I said last night, CD has every right in the world to be upset about not being fed on a ball game because he's been proven right time and time again. Still, though, still cannot take that mindset to the game, though. Cannot take that mindset to the game, in my opinion. Darrell says CD cannot talk when he got pushed and did not react. That that play, man, that play was awful. So on the flat, Jerry Alexander just boom. Hits him in the back. CD doesn't even turn around to show some fight. Just think about this. What if, what if Jerry Alexander had done that to Jake? To Jake Ferguson? Ferguson was in war mode, man. Ferguson was absolutely one of the brightest spots of this game. Five for five contested catches, by the way. We're going to talk about that more uh, later in the week. But exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that was in the first quarter, what Darrell is mentioning. Gotta, gotta change that mindset, man. Talking about fight, talking about all that. Man, he didn't even fight back when Jair Alexander pushed him like that. 
And you cannot tell me that's not like, you know, imposing for your team to do that and then have the the star wide receiver not do anything back, not even turn around or whatever. Uh, hate to see it. Absolutely hate to see it. Uh, but anyways, all of this leads me to the fact that there's a at least a disagreement between Dak and CD as to what went wrong in the game because Dak did credit the Packers for like disguising the coverages and keeping it mixed up to where they couldn't target CD. And CD immediately shut that down in his own locker room interview. And I'm not saying he did it on purpose. I'm 100% sure that CD did not know what Dak had gone out there and say, said in the, in the press conference or the other way around. But Dak said, you know, credit to Green Bay. They were disguising some stuff and kind of like that. And that was in response to the Cowboys not feeding CD Lamp on the game. And where CD was asked about it, he said, you know, not really. They didn't do anything special. And that's relevant in my view, because at least that showed you that indirectly there was a disagreement as to what was going on on the field. And if you pair that with how the game unfolded and what we saw between Dak and CD on that game, not saying it's a big deal. I'm not saying it's something that is going to carry on to 2024 or anything like that. But there was some context provided there uh, inadvertently from them too, uh, based on their post-game response, in my view. That's how I look at it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Oh, boy. So it's going to be a, an interesting week here moving forward, man. We're going to see if... We know anything about Mike McCarthy tomorrow night, or if not, Wednesday night. And if not, you know what? Maybe Thursday. But it's going to be an interesting week, so make sure you tune in. We're also going to have a Dak Prescott conversation later on in the week. We're going to have some uh, notes on the game, too. And, man, I know it's tough. I know it's tough to stick with that interest with the Cowboys, but I know we're all so sick, and we will remain that interested, so... Hit the like button for me. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope you enjoyed the second half of Monday Night Football. I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you and bye-bye.